Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Hot Dinner Podcast with me, Matthew Fisher, and my co-host, Daniel Schoolback. Hello. Hello. Oh, my God. How rigid do you want to be? Yeah, I'm very rigid, rigid debut. Um, I'd just like to ask, Dan, how has your debut? What have you been up to so far? Well, you know, woke up at noon, um, got out of bed, had a shower, and then here we are. Do you know what I mean? I was just wondering why you thought it was all right to be 40 minutes late to a digital meeting well what uh, don't you haven't don't got an answer on, no i haven't i haven't got an answer so all right so let's just uh i've got my first question proper question is what's the shittest thing you've eaten this week in in the quarantine right so good question for start um i'd have to say it was uh, it was annoying. It's rather disappointing than shit. Cause I'd what did I go? I got some nice nice bit of beef. You mean it like was, sad to eat? Yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I cause I ruined I ruined it. I got some beef, some nice bread, and some mustard. I thought this sandwich is going to be so nice. Made the sandwich, nice little bit of put. I put about three spoons of mustard on the bread. And started crying eating it. <laughs> <laughs> did, did you? That's really yeah. easy to imagine because I've seen you cry quite a lot. Yeah. Over beef brisket. Um, <laughs> so you know what mine was? Mine, well, what mine's was actually a, a recycled one because I've had it before, but I didn't actually find it that disappointing. That's but from the outside, from the from the outside looking in, it probably is. So yeah. I, it, I was like one of those like pilau rice microwavable packets oh sweaty rice I, yeah. I like i like to call it like dosa rice yeah uh can you say that is that is that derogatory i've said I it now anyway uh, so. Okay. so i got that i'm gonna cut that out and then i got uh some pilau rice <laughs> uh, right the pilau so rice is laid in the bowl there's a nice spread and i've got three um tablespoons of greek yogurt and just plop that on top with some mint leaves. And then I chopped like maybe like a third of a cucumber into it. The, what, what I was looking for from the dish was kind of to, it was a cleanse the palate dish. It was like an appetizer. It wasn't meant to be filling. It was just meant to, you know, kind of be interesting for the buds. Do you know what I mean? So was it, was this on bread? Did you say? No, no, it's just in a bowl. <laughs> like... <What? laughs> It's like, you know, like when you have cereal with yogurt on top, just replace oh, this right, okay. cereal with like pilau rice. Replace granola <laughs> with rice. With pilau. Yeah, it was sweaty pilau rice. Real real um, so I've, I've just got this new book and it's like, uh, it's Johnny Marr's autobiography. Oh, right, it's called, yeah. I wrote the chords for this. And... <laughs> Um, is I, I give him an email because I, I really like I really enjoyed the but I've read it now. I really enjoyed it and like I emailed Johnny asking if he'd maybe do maybe a little like contract of us to read out some of the story every week, oh, right, like yeah. like a, a BBC sound sort of thing. Um, a, like a probably podcast a bit more within a podcast. Amazing. Yeah, but a bit more a bit more prestigious than what the BBC would maybe do. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll I'll hand it over to Johnny. Uh, <laughs> what's up guys it's johnny ma here 
I've got into a contract with the Hot Dinner Podcast, mainly on grounds of my cool school hairstyle, man. I want to talk about my early life, picking up the guitar, and how it's helped me to dominate stages on the global touring circuit. I remember getting my first guitar delivered to me from the Milkman in Hardwick sometime in the 70s. It was an SG. It was beautiful. It worked. So, <laughs> some mod dudes used to hang on the estate and they saw me through the bedroom window. They knocked on and told me that if I could learn some of the natural minor scale, they would treat me to my first mod cut. Beautiful. I was buzzing. <laughs> it took me eight weeks to learn the natural minor scale and a few trips along Salford's Regent Road to have my strings repaired by a local pilot engineer. It was a beautiful scale. It worked. The lads Derek and Domino treated me to my first mod cut and then we went out for some sherberts on Hardwick Green. <laughs> <laughs> it was, it was, <laughs> oh, you put me off now, Dan, with your ugly laugh. It, it was then that was, sorry, you put me off now, Dan, come on. Uh, it was then that I was introduced to a wimpy, floppy-haired soft lad known as Morrissey. He was beautiful. He worked. <laughs> Morrissey carried around with him a selection of poems to which he was charging a dip in the sherbet for recital they were beautiful they worked <laughs> a few weeks on and Morrissey was a good mate of mine despite him echoing right wing ideas in our bedroom recording studio <laughs> oh we're too young for this Don uh, one day I picked up the guitar my guitar and started playing these chords they were beautiful. They worked. Morrissey said I was to be known. As- <laughs> Morrissey said I was to be known as the guitar smith, <laughs> and together we would be the Smiths. Beautiful. It worked. He laughs a lot, doesn't he, Johnny Marr? He does. Jesus. <laughs> like, I, thought, I always thought he was really boring. But he obviously not. He's uh, yeah. obviously, it's obviously he's just a good bit of humour behind him. I don't know who his mate was. He um, sounded, sounded nice, though, yeah. Yeah, he did sound cup. nice. His... <laughs> fluffy that was Morrissey he was referring to, if you listen properly. Oh, okay. So if you, weren't, if you, if you weren't spitting your dinner on your <laughs> on your iMac. I'd like, I'd like to ask Dan, what, what, what audio setup have you got today? What, what, what mic are you running? What? what the mic? I'll have a look. Shit. Is it a shiver? Shiver, a shiver, SM, SM7B, a shit mic. Yeah. What, does, what, does, what does MB stand for? Not like... Um, Mod Brian. <laughs> <laughs> well, okay. All right, I thought it was, I thought it was Mac and Bastard. Uh, obviously no, I not. Don't think, obviously not. I think it's times times have changed, you know. Um, Moo Beat? More, more Beat? More, be- more Beat. More bacon. More bits. Hi, good morning. Here to report a crime. Yeah. An international war crime. Right. I don't know what to call this section yet. Genre insight. It's a bit too professional, that. A history of genre. Thierry Jomry. Let's have that. We'll have that. It's set in stone. So, um. It's set in Stoke. <laughs> you are going to Suffolk. Not again. You are going to Stoke. Okay, I'll um so yeah, just to give the listeners a little a little background into Thierry Genre. Um <laughs> we're just gonna go through some different genres of the past. Uh, we've got an interviewer every week and then we've got um 
what we're going to say, like a provocateur of the genre or like a, an, an advocate? An, an icon, I'd say. An icon. I, both the words I used were rubbish. Yeah, I don't know uh, what you're about. I tried, I tried to overdo it. <laughs> I, was, I was better just be saying someone in the genre. Yeah. Uh, so this week we've got... Um, East End Ian, who's going to interview uh, John Lydon, obviously better known as Johnny Rotten of the Sex Pistols. So, should we dive into this soundbite? Yes, have a go. Do you want to play? Punk set the UK on fire upon its brash arrival in the in the seventies. The movement brought about bands such as The Clash, The Damned, and Buzzcocks. It shaped the future of music to come, as well as a political and social attitude that will be continued through the ages. I'm East End Ian, and I've been lucky enough to chat with one of punk's most influential and controversial figures. People of the UK and Hot Dinner Podcast, I'd like to welcome my guest, John Lydon. Oh, hello. How are you doing? I'm great, John. How are you? I'm very well, thank you very much. I'm um, Uh, I'm a a bit pushed for time, so can we keep this uh, brief, please? Thank you. Yeah, yeah, sure, mate. Uh, I'm just wondering where where we're uh, video chatting from today. Uh, well, we'll video share from my barn in uh, Bristol, you know. Oh, right. so you've, you've moved out of the capital now, yeah? Uh, yeah, I, I, yeah, I couldn't stand it. Um, it's been a long time since the Sex Pistols, John, and your music's changed quite vastly since then. Uh, what's the biggest thing you've taken from your time as a punk? Well, I know I've, I've come a remarkably long way, both musically and stylistically, since the Pistols. That goes without saying. But um, I think the thing that stayed with me the most is just my absolute hatred for anything remotely establishment. As I say, I try not to use the roads when I can, as I feel like they've succumbed to the establishment far too much in the past few decades. And I also which is, it might be a bit off the cuff for the average listener, but I perform all my own dental surgery as I feel like I need to avoid the pressures of the anti-anarchist and bureaucratic dental association. You know, I still feel as strongly about this now as I did back in 77. So so what what I'm getting from the answer there is is you, you totally disregarded the, uh, the establishment. You don't want to, you don't even want to mingle with people that, almost believe in the establishment even though they're not doing any harm themselves is that that right absolutely it's what the the core of being a punk is just that is that is a a raw punk image and that's why i like you john yeah the raw punk image Um, is hatred of dentists yeah i think i'm with you because we've both got horrible teeth but we're happy so you know yes uh as a as a fellow gunner uh you know an arsenal fan i'm keen to know what you what stand you would sit in during a gunners tournament well i probably shouldn't be saying this actually um ian but um it's a little known fact that i'm actually uh the, the i'm actually gunnosaurus the current mascot for arsenal you know so i get to watch from the sidelines it's very um it's very rewarding yeah it changes every um every season so I th- and i think i've heard that was the main reason Arsene Wenger actually left his managerial position because he actually wanted to um, have a season or two on the sidelines as Gunnosaurus. And I think, I don't know if I'm actually um, in breach of any contract saying this, but um, some recent participants of that have dressed up as Gunnosaurus in the last few years have been, I think if I remember correctly, Noddy Holder, Nick Clegg, and that... Um, that bald wanker, Heston Blumenthal, you know, you know him. 
Oh, fuck Blumenthal. You know, he's an absolute ass. Uh, so, obviously, we, we, we've, we've sadly come to a bit of an abrupt end of this fo- football season. So, are you getting a bit of... Are you missing being the Gunnosaurus or... Uh, not really. Nice be- time off. Because they let me... Um, they let me uh, bring it home, so you know, just in my in my barn in Bristol. Oh, that's that's amazing! I like to just sit in it and um, watch the snooker. Cool. I didn't know you into snooker either. You learn something new every day. Um, so, John, we're going to move on. You want to keep this quick? Uh, Sex Pistols were like a clear innovator of the punk scene. How did it feel to eventually pass the baton on to bands such as the Clash and the Jam? Do you think they have the same motives? Oh, it was awful leaving the future of punk in their hands. I, I, I couldn't stand it. I mean, would you really leave the future of your journalism career to in the hands of three bloody dinner nannies? No, I don't think you would. And then the less said about The Clash, the better in my book. I mean, this really is a, a silly question. Of course, it didn't have the same motives. Don't be so silly. Okay, but but do you, do you think you've inspired them to do anything or, or were they just totally out of the... They they just they just they just didn't get us at all. They just didn't get us at all. Either. Fair enough. Fair enough, John. I think I think I think I've got you. Yeah. Um. Uh, 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 I once watched you plunge your head into a, a, like a, part, a pile of dung on that show you used to present. Why did you do that? Well, just for punk, my dear boy. I think it was called Megabugs, was it? Yeah, Megabugs. You're right. It was a, it was a bloody good show, actually. And I, I just had to keep my punk image up, you know. I couldn't have those bloody silly wankers like Iggy Pop upstaging me on the punk charts, you know. And of course, you know, the most punk man of all, Bear Grylls, he, um, he, (laughs) 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 he he can often be seen with, yeah, I know Bear Grylls, he he can often be seen with, um, a pile of dung. So I thought, you know what? I'll try it, and do you know what? It worked. It it was it re, re, reinvigorated my um my punk career. Bear girls providing bear thrills, as some younger people might say. Uh, yes, of course, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm talking like you know, kind of like university students, something like that, something something loose and uh, I've, uninspiring. I've had, I've had far too enough of them in Bristol, you know. I, I can't. I just make 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 this your last question, please. Thank you. Uh, yeah, I was going to make it my last question anyway. Uh, so what's your opinion on uh, some modern punk bands and artists? Some, off the top of my head, I'm thinking like Idols or like uh, uh, Fontaine's DC, that kind of thing, you know. I think it's a bit posher these days, but it's still got the same reasons. Do What do you think? Well, I, I've got to disagree with you there because in my the current climate, you know, if of you know the current climate of free eye tests and online sex, I've only ever found one, re- one real punk band, and that's um, Public Image Limited, who have a devilish, devilishly handsome frontman. But you know, I'm obviously that's obviously my band. I'm just joshing with you. But in all seriousness, it is in an absolute state the um, the punk scene, because I'd say. Most bands that, like you've said, Idols, Fontaine's DC, that call themselves punk these days, I'd say they're about as punk as an email address, actually. <laughs> All right, well, thank you, John. Uh, it's been great to speak to you. Uh, you'll be pleased to know I'm speaking to uh, Paul Weller next week. Uh, obviously not one of your mates, but uh, I'll let him know what, what you've said about him.
Uh, t- tell him, tell him I think he's an ass. Thank you. I will, I will. I've got that recorded anyway, so uh, I'll just play it. <laughs> uh, f- thanks, John. I'll, I'll, I'll see you next time uh, on Thierry Jombry. Got a bit tense that interview you've done, didn't it? Well, I did get, uh, get a bit hated. I, like I, I didn't really think in this in the PC world of the BBC these days that you know that would be allowed that that kind of well you know aggression. That's what that's what we're here for. We're not here for um, getting policed by the BBC. This is raw. This is a video to the man what looks like a shapped and mallet pig. So have you have you got anything any any sound bites you want to share with me, Dan? Or? Oh, it's not not a sound bite actually. Um, I've got an interesting story for you. I was um. I was on I was on a little walk round just round Liverpool the other day. Yeah, was, you obviously know, was, you live in Liverpool, don't you? But you're not from there because you're you're um, you know, you're I'm, a merchant. I'm right? a yeah, a, a, a spice you're a merchant, merchant navy. Yeah. I, I oh, sell. Okay. What spices yeah. do you merch? Mainly coriander. It's, it's I'd big... probably say it was a herb, but you know. Okay, well, I'll just continue. I'm not I'm not that interested. <laughs> Well, because, you know, I was just going around, looking around the bins and the garages, um, just looking for, you know, the usual electronic goods that have been thrown away, but you might be able to, like, salvage them or something. And while I was looking yeah. for them, you know, can you get, sell them on a bit, you know. And I was look, looking through them, and I saw this, like, really old, shabby-looking book. And um, I'd, so I pick, picked it up and had a look in, and you'll never guess... What it was? I've got no idea. No, well, I guess. Uh, I don't know. Like eight protractors, like holding hands or something. No, no, no. I don't know. I've no, any, got any, anything to do with a maths kit or um beef brisket? No, not definitely not beef no? brisket. No, L- lard. No, no animal product I'm, of any type. Or no, I'm cutting straws, drinking straws, metal straws. Well, this is. Um, I'll, I'll I'll just tell you. It was it was it was Paul McCartney's Paul McCartney's diary. You're joking with me. I, 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 what would I lie? What would I lie for? No, I suppose not. I suppose you wouldn't lie. So so how how do you know it was Paul McCartney's and not just the scribblings of a, of a madman, for instance? Well. Because That's Paul McCartney's dog, can you hear it? It's a bloody hell. He's getting a bit, a bit irate. I know. Well, because, you know, I, I opened the diary and who's, who else's diary would make this noise when you open it? I'll just, I'll just get it now. Ooh! <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. It, it has to be between... Aretha Franklin and Paul McCartney, to be honest. And has Aretha Franklin ever been to Liverpool? I don't think so. So, oh yeah, so it must be Paul McCartney's then. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it can't be, it couldn't be anyone else's. So, shall I have a little read of it? Yeah, can do. Right, so I'll, I'll, I'll just, just flip to a random page. So, twentieth, twentieth of April, nineteen sixty-six. Woke up. Got out of bed, dragged a comb across my head. Uh, uh, that's that's um, that is a Beatles lyric as well, isn't it? Yeah, it's it's. I couldn't believe it when I was 
reading it are like it's mental. So what what will have happened there then is the Beatles have obviously stolen his diary, gone through it, and then took all his ideas for that their lyrics. That's shocking. That's a disgrace. I mean, I, I've never seen anything so clear. It's like it's just plagiarism. It's horrible. I can't, but I couldn't believe. It. I didn't expect that from like the Beatles. I'm not going to lie to you. No, maybe because because uh, Wings could have just exceeded. I mean, they could have the been music. They could have been even the better. music foreground if they'd not, you know, if, if the Beatles hadn't stole McCartney's ideas. It's like I, it's, it's really getting me down. This, you know, Dan. I'll 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 keep I'll keep reading. See what else they've got to say. Yeah. All right. Thirty first of May, nineteen sixty seven. It's a pretty crazy day. Pretty crazy day today. Managed to peel five oranges all in one go. A personal best. If I keep practicing this, then baby, you're going to be a rich man, Paul. Unbelievable! They've they've, they've stole it again. I think they? they've stole they've those st- words. They, I'd like to, it's. Uh, they've twisted it a bit, but you can still see where they've got it from. And then they then. Mm. I'll read another one. 7th of October, 1964. Yesterday, I... In the first words, again, that, that's that's a whole song they formed around one word there. That's disgrace. Thieving bastards. Like, not half, mate. I mean, look, there's there's more as well. Get a, look, get a load of this. So you, quite, you, you, you say not half all the time, don't you, Dan? Not half, yeah, man. Not half. All right. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> 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 is that your is that your radio voice? It's just it's just safe phrases that you would never say. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm enjoying it. Please continue. Uh, so you said there's more, did you? let just get a load of this one. It's like on the third third of January, 1965. John and I had just finished writing Rubber Soul, and we were about to go show George and Ringo when we went. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. hang on, hang on. What? So Paul McCartney was in the Beatles thing. No, he was in Wings, man. You're thinking of um, Peter Mariachi. He was he was in the beat. He also invented um, he invented all the music in Mexico, I think, as well. Well, beside being a swoop in generalisation, he was <laughs> definitely in the Beatles. Uh, was Paul McCartney? He sung that Hey Hey John song. Hey Hey oh, Jackson. Yeah, was it? It was like. Na 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 Yeah, I fancy the premature age one. It's just just a good bop. It is, yeah, yeah. Now come to think of it, you're right, aren't you? So, yeah. So, do do you think? If there any more in this diary, or we still got at least this will. It's actually details. It's just the. I, I think in the front page, it just got. Um, if found, please return to Paul McCartney or his milkman. So I'm not sure what that's about. But I let you know, at least at least we've got the. Um, at least we've still got the diary though. So and I'm sure there'll be sacred texts. Exactly. Sure, there'll be more more interesting stories in there. Maybe in the future. I'll be able to hear his accent when reading the book. I've, I don't know. Who knows? Who knows? I, I don't know. We're coming towards the end of the podcast, Bernard, but I, I've had a few like emails this week because uh, obviously we both work in the music industry, Dan. Yeah. And 
like we work as promoters and kind of we write stuff for bands promo material um and i've sort of have you had any bands this week email you trying to ask for stuff or you know any any freebies because i've had i've had three you know i've yeah i just uh, i've had three as well so to read out the names and give you know give them a little like shout out and just say what they're all about and that. Do you want to yeah. go with your three first? I'll go. For, I'll go one. You go one, and then yeah. Oh, that's we do a that? brilliant idea. Yeah, please. Excellent. Synergy. I think the first the first band that emailed me. I think they they were called Wednesday's Jacket, and <laughs> they're uh, <laughs> they're um. From what I got, from what I gathered from the page, I think they're a, a middle-aged like synth metal duet from Gisborough. <laughs> Do, <laughs> um, from I was lo- looking through a few of the pictures. They all both wear bootcut jeans, you know those like quite horrible t-shirts on stage that like they look like they've owned for about about twenty-five years, and just play. They, they play. They're quite a small band. Play mostly at local band nights, but I did see. I did see one of the posts. Um, they did once play in Leeds, but then soon after they did a little um, status after saying that it was too industrial for them. And actually, as, <laughs> as well, as well, they have, they both have um, Mark Boland hairstyles, so that's another thing going for them. Really, it's not very trendy that these days, though, is it, Mark Boland? Well, yeah, I don't think it's ever gone out of style. I, I'm Mark Boland. I've I've got an outfit called T Rex. Uh, we from London. Do you, do you want to hear one of mine? Go on, I'm in, yeah, I'm interested. Right, well, I, I've got, um, obviously got three bands. I've got a two-piece, a three-piece, and an eight-piece. So which would you like oh, first? Wow. Let's have the three-piece. Okay. Uh, a band called Tonsil Balls. Um, <laughs> they were formed in the London borough of Hackney in 2007. Oh, uh, right. They're a three-piece new wave band that have finally released their first single, you're probably wondering why it's been so late. And I'd just like to say that lead singer and the drummer, Dick and Ferry, have just finished uh, a 12-year prison sentence for, like, digging up, you know, Shoreditch, Brick Lane, where they sell, like, posh pasties. Uh, yeah. They've, 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 they've digged that up of a pneumatic drill in, in the mid-2000s. <laughs> why? Uh, why? why? They, were, they, they were just sick of, like, you know, like, gent- gentrifying London. They were just sick of it. So they just got rid of all the gentrification, just wiped it off the face of the earth with a pneumatic so, drill. So they got, got rid of gentrification by just pneumat- by what? Throwing bricks through but windows. They, pneumat- they, they almost they almost gentrified the gentrification, you know what I mean? They reconstructed it, make it look a bit rougher. Um, I've, I've got only respect for that. Only respect. I've, but I'd just like to say that obviously now on... on on the final leg and you know they're, they're picking their career back up they're now they're now based in Doncaster so they've been working with uh have you heard of Rick Rubin oh yeah um, Rick Rubin yeah so he's, he's done a lot of like you know big hip-hop stuff in the USA yeah uh but he's helping to create what they consider to be and I've got this soundbite from them uh, the single Paul Weller never had the balls to make wow so that's that, that's a good attitude that isn't it and obviously yeah. when we when we listen to the the John Lydon before that's you know it kind of echoes of his kind of anti Weller, yeah, well, anti establishment. We, we should get thing. in touch, get in touch with John, see if um he liked uh, what was what's the name again? Uh, tonsil balls, tonsil balls. Yeah, well, um, it's, it's, a, it's a nice name, <laughs> isn't it? 
we'll put we'll put John in John in touch with him. See see if he um see if he can help them out a bit. Yeah. Yeah, he probably won't, but you know, it's nice you know. to think. So, what what was your other other bands, and I want to hear them. Um, well, Matt, the second second band that um just emailed in, they're and I think they're a new band. They've only been around for uh, I think two or three months. They're the sixth form band called the Vespers. They're um from what I, what I can see, they're a bit they're, you know a bit of a bit of a mod band. You know, all have Oasis haircuts, all wear Harrington's. I'd, I'd argue some of them probably sleep in Harrington's. Yeah, um, yeah, like you know the or, or, in, of, or in Harrods. In Har- where they look like they've been fired out of cannon through, like you know, Scots menwear, menswear. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Shit, just, sure. Just slid slid through there on a like on a trolley, just throwing everything. Yeah. in. And at the mum in the hand going, please, can you buy me this? I want a new Fed Perry. Like ma'am, that, yeah. ma'am, please, can I have those gazelles, please, ma'am. No, ma'am, please. Yeah, I, can, I can imagine the sort yeah. bunch and of the, tits, but, and they're all very, very ugly. Well, oh. we'll we'll could just shout shout the next newest single, um, "Country Man." Yeah, I was just, oh, just what's shout, that about. I think it's about, um, from what I can see, about you know, just growing up in. Growing up in a middle class middle class house in um, in the outskirts of Leicester, you know, thinking that you're thinking that you're in the country, but you're not really in the country. From what I can tell, it's um, I'm trying to be nice here, but um, yeah, should we move on? Should we move? Should we move on from the Vespers? Yeah, have they got any? Before we do, have they got any gigs coming up? Any supporting anyone? Um, I think they were supporting. Um, Slade. Okay, the, uh, so they, they made a they made a comeback of the Slade. Yeah, 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 yeah. All right, because obviously it's not been Christmas in a while, so they've maybe running short of money. Yeah, they just thought uh, N- Noddy and the gang thought, do you know what? Let's get do a little charity. Yeah, hey, I love oh, I love the Vespers who go to get support us when we come back. <laughs> but, like that, yeah. yeah. Uh, like he's in the room, isn't it? It is. It is. Or more specifically, in your headphones. In the Noddy Hull, Noddy Hull is just sat sat in my sat in my earlobe. Noddy holding your earlobe. <laughs> um, I want to talk about a band. An email I got from a band called Breadbin. Um, oh right. They've 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 been looking for some US US tour dates. You know, kind of like oh well, they're like like folky, you know, chilled festival stuff. Oh, um, yeah. So they're actually an eight-piece uh, Americana outfit, and they're hailing from the London commuter town of Stevenage, Hertfordshire. Have you been, Dan? Uh, I can't say I've been. I I've wouldn't been... go. It's a shithole. Uh, um, well, come on, Fisher. The but, people live there. But come on. With shit, I don't give a fuck. With shithole <laughs> comes great success. Um, it's not really. I've never been. Uh, the band are said to have formed on the commuter line to St. Pancras over a course of three weeks, and ultimately they began to rehearse on the 728 service every day. That's quite impressive. Uh, Steve Earl, it is impressive, isn't it? Especially if you've got a day of work ahead of you. I, I wouldn't a, want to be rehearsing at that time in the morning. A day of graft in the office, I mean. Yeah. In, in the big smoke, you know. Uh, so I was speaking to Steve Irwell on the email and he's the group's lead singer, and he plays the raccoon as well. Um, and he's he said to he sometimes he's extended the trains like tannoy system with XLR cables, 
and then he's used this as like the PA for their practice. And then oh, okay. in doing this, yeah. they've they've kind of made themselves like a large following on this commuter train, and yeah, mate, so much yeah. so they're now they're now perform twice a week on the on the journey back to Stevenage to perform. Oh, what, so it's what, on a Wednesday, on a Wednesday night and a Friday night, and there's usually a crowd of about thirty seven. Yeah, because I mean they'll all they'll all be the same people going there, so it either, yeah. it'll either be really good for those commuters or they'll probably try to move house. Yeah, yeah, or hang themselves. Yeah. <laughs> um, do you want to give me one of your bands, Dan? Is no, this your penultimate band? Yeah, this is my last last band that um that yeah. emailed me emailed me in. Um. I think they're called oh, oh Marmalade Robinson. They're um a st- <laughs> <laughs> they're actually they're act- I don't know why they're emailing it because they're act- I've what I'm let's say they're quite successful little ska band from Essex. They're oh, right, okay. si- signed to a signed to a label, um, and I think they've they've just I think last week they just released the new single called I think it's called. Sandra won't do it. Yeah, and I, you know, I've listened to it, and it's it is quite it is quite good. It's had a few plays on um, Six Music actually. Yeah, yeah. Steve Lamack and that, yeah. Steve Lamack and um, what's Lauren Laverne and all them. Absolutely, oh, yeah. but, and yeah. um, Kevin Keegan as well. No, Ke- Kevin. Um, no, yeah, you're right, Kevin Keegan. Yeah, Kevin Rooster is what you were looking for there. He, he's yeah. on. He's on BBC Time. Uh, yeah. I think they've just made that radio station up. Um, <laughs> do you want to hear my last band? I think you might enjoy this one. Yeah, go on then. Uh, so it's, they're called The Midsummer Murderers. <laughs> um, and they're, they were made by um, the sound engineer and the lead actor, Neil Dudgeon, of popular daytime TV show, obviously Midsummer Murders. Yeah. Um. The band fall under kind of like a chamber goth style. Uh, and Midsummer Murderers recorded their debut album in June 2019. And they're set to release it in June this year after a year of just kind of thinking about it. Um, they recorded the EP entirely in the dark at Durham <laughs> Cathedral and were said to have placed the last, the last brick in the cathedral's Lego replica. Keep it together, Dan. And then in a recent interview with the NME... The enemy, not the enemy. Dudgeon, Dudgeon was quoted to say, listen to this quote, Dan, I swear, Dan, this was about the album. Dudgeon was quoted saying, this album will literally make you psychologically engineered to wet yourself in a bush. So I'd just like to say the album's called The Midsummer Killer and is out on the 18th of June on Rough Trading Estate Records. Sure, uh, so. Yeah. I'll, I'll definitely. What were they? What are they called again? Midsummer murderers. Midsummer murderers. I was thinking we should get them on our agency, get them a few gigs and that. Yeah, they're, they're the only band I've really been switched on, engaged with. You know. Yeah, I think all... the rest of them. I've I've heard the other stuff. You know, I've seen it before in the industry. Yeah. I, I need I need new leads. I need new places I can so visit. I've, I've never never ever imagined. I didn't think it would be possible to record an album in the dark. I'm not going to lie. I didn't. I, I, I've got questions. I'd maybe even get them on the show yeah, just to ask. I, yeah. How think, did you do it? How did you do it? So yeah, that all promising bands hope to go far. Um, yeah. Do you want to add anything else to this this podcast, Dan? Or shall we, uh, shall we wrap her up? I think. Well, talking talking. Have you ever seen Midsummer Murders? Actually, 
Yeah, I think it's all right. I f- yeah, I watched it the other day. It's, it is, it is way, it's, it's incredibly weird. prolific. It is, I it thought is were, I didn't realize they were still making new ones. I thought they were just repeating the same ones from the eighties. No, they're, uh, they're on like series twenty or something. Yeah, very prolific. Uh, but yeah, sh- should we end it there? The Hot Dinner Podcast debut episodes. I th- yeah, I think we've got nothing more to say. Okay. Yeah, we have nothing to say anyway, but no, uh, <laughs> we hope you all enjoyed it, listeners, and sub- join the cult, join the cult, join the cult, join, join the cult, join the cult, join the cult, join the cult.